You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Well, we've got some wonderful things happening. We've got some newlyweds here with us today that just got married. We've got some old friends that... uh, have been watching in the distance that have come. We've got a two-week-old baby here that uh, parents have brought. We've got a Nazarene pastor on sabbatical that uh, we're always honored when they would want to come here, you know? And we've got a lot of people who've come for one reason or another. We want to hear the Word of God. I think it has something to say to us. I hope it's fresh. I hope it's meaningful. Last week we were in Ephesians 5 and we didn't finish uh, the the scripture. And so we're going to continue today. Ephesians 5, 15. It says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Notice he says very careful, not careful. (laughs) Be very careful. Making the most of every opportunity Because the days are evil. Are the days evil? Yeah. Need to make the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know, that's kind of good news in that we can know what the Lord's will is. Often people get uh, real uh, worked up about Finding the Lord's will. What's the Lord's will for my life? You know, and we think in terms of big events, but mostly, <laughs> mostly His will is that we would be transformed, that we would look more and more like Jesus Christ. I guarantee you that's His will. And then He says, "Do not get drunk." On wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, perhaps the people reading this letter were previously part of a cult of Dionysus. And, and the cult of Dionysus was, uh, he was the, the, the wine god, right? And, and so to worship the wine god, the first thing you did was get soused. I mean, you just got so ridiculously stupid drunk that um, you had no control over what you did and didn't do. And the God of Dionysus would uh, make you do things and and all, and you didn't even remember. And many of these people had come out of that. Paul's saying, let's don't do that. That's not who we are. Debauchery, you know, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, means reckless living means extreme indulgence in sensuality. It, it means disorderliness and hooliganism. You know, when, when they drink too much, people lose control of their actions and behavior. And frankly, they do stupid things, sinful things, things that don't please God. And when he says, be filled with the Spirit, the verb is a continual sense, a present tense. It should read, continue to be filled with the Spirit. Notice it doesn't say, fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, because we can't. It is he who fills us. Let the Spirit fill you would be a better translation. Um, 
And one last thing I'll say about it is this is imperative. The verb tense is imperative, meaning it's a command. And it's plural. Y'all. <laughs> you all be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to come back to this verse because this is where we'll spend most of our time. He goes on. He says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Paul gives us four ways in which being filled with the Holy Spirit is manifest, that we can tell we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The first way is fellowship. The way we interact with one another, we greet one another with psalms and hymns. The second way is in worship, how we sing, how we worship. And then he says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Gratitude is another indication of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the happiest people on earth are grateful people. And, and people can be grateful that, that barely survive economically. And people can be grateful that have a lot of money. But people can be miserable that have a lot of money. And people can be miserable who have a little bit of money. Gratitude is such a wonderful thing. Because no matter where you are in the economic strata, we all have more to be grateful for than not. And then the last, and we'll talk more about this verse and the, those following next week, but submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the, 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 the fourth indicator of being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is being submitted to one another, being responsive to one another. Um, so uh, we want to really spend time on this verse. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. A few things I want to point out here. Number one, this is uh, being filled is, uh, is about control. The word filled used in this verse is different than how we would use fill today. We would say, would you fill my glass up with Pepsi? You might fill up your gas tank. But that's not how it's used here. Uh, there, there are three understandings of the way this was used then that we don't get today. The first one is this. Uh, to be filled in that day uh, means it's filled with a force that causes movement. And the best illustration I have of this would be um, a ship with a sail is filled with wind. And what happens if a sail is filled with wind? It moves the ship. It can't help but not move the ship. And so to be filled means there's movement. The Holy Spirit fills you and causes movement in your life. Secondly, um, the second way uh, we understand the way filled was defined then is, is the word permeates. It permeates every aspect. Now, I, I like coffee. And according to some of you, I've not grown up yet because I still put cream in my coffee. There's some of you who are blue blood coffee drinkers. That, you know, you only drink it black. Well, good for you. I like my cream. 
I really do. And you know, when you put cream in the coffee and you stir it up and you take a sip, every sip has cream in it. You can't have a sip without cream in it. It permeates it. And that's what he's saying here. The Holy Spirit permeates us so that every aspect of our lives reflects his filling. And the third way it's understood is in the area of complete control. It's a controlling filling. Uh, let, me, let me illustrate this with, with a couple scriptures. Jesus is talking to his disciples about his going to the cross and leaving them. And he says, because I've said these things, you are filled with grief. Same word. But what's he saying here? Your grief has so overwhelmed you that it's controlling your actions, your thoughts. It's, it's, it's the focus of everything. You are filled with grief. It's controlling you. Um, you. You remember when Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of property? This is in Acts. And, and many people were selling properties and bringing the money to the disciples. And the disciples would dispense of it. And Well, Ananias and Sapphira decided to sell the property but keep some of the money, which was fine. They could have. But they wanted it understood that they were bringing all the money, but they weren't. And so Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? He's filled your heart. You're so worked up and greedy over this money that it has shadowed every part of you. It has taken control of you. And so we, we understand filled is different than filling a gas tank. Now, what do we call somebody when they drive while intoxicated and they get pulled over? It's called driving under the influence, or DUI. It could just as easily be called driving under the control of alcohol. The reader of these words of Paul completely understood what he was saying. Don't be controlled by wine, but be under the control of the Holy Spirit. The reality is we don't need to get more of the Spirit. <laughs> the Spirit needs to get more of us. Second thing I want you to see is that being filled with the Spirit is not optional. The verb form here, filled, is imperative. It's a command, and it's plural. Y'all, every one of you, all of you. It's spoken to a group, all of you filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just for super Christians. It's for all of us. All of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, I want you to see that being filled is, is a process. Not one and done. Um, it, it, the verb here is in the present tense. So it could just as easily read, keep on being filled. Continually be filled by the Holy Spirit. This is not a one-time ecstatic emotional experience. Rather, it's something that needs to occur day by day or moment by moment. And the last thing I need you to see here is this. I can't fill myself. <laughs> and you can't fill you either. The command to be filled here is actually in the passive voice, which means... It's saying, allow the Holy Spirit to fill you because you and I cannot fill ourselves. Here, the analogy of the gas tank, it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, 
You know, gas tank can't fill it, 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 itself up. It has to be filled by someone else. You know, there's a little word in the Greek. It's little. I mean, it's two words. E-N-N is how it's pronounced. And most times when it's used in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, it's translated by. Now, for one reason or another, most translations translate it with here. Uh, in this verse where it says, um, instead be filled with the Spirit. That with word there is N, E-N. Well, most times when it's used um, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, it's translated by. For instance, Romans 16, 6. So that, so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Same word, N, by. Or 1 Corinthians 12, 3. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And one last one. For we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. And that should be 1 Corinthians 12, 13 there. So a better translation would be, instead, be filled by the Holy Spirit. It makes more sense that we are controlled by the Holy Spirit if he is the one filling us. So we put this all together, what we've learned here, and, and this command, be filled with the Holy Spirit, would better read, all of you keep on being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now you and I cannot live the kind of life that Paul is describing. We don't have the religious muscle to do that. There's no spiritual disciplines that can help us live the kind of life that Paul has laid out for us. Only God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, can equip us to live as we ought to live for Christ. One of the things I did this week was go through the New Testament and pull out every mention of the word Holy Spirit or even spirit. Turned out to be about six pages. And then I wrote down one or two words from every passage and what it had to say to us. And several words were repeated over and over again. For instance, power. That the Holy Spirit, when he fills us, equips us with power. Uh, another one was the, the word told or the Holy Spirit said. There's a communicative effect that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit communicates to us and tells us what to do and what to say. Witnessing is another one. Affirming is another one. The Holy Spirit affirms that we are sons and daughters of the Most High. Well, what does being filled by the Holy Spirit look like? What are we like when we are filled continually filled by the Holy Spirit. Well, our spiritual senses are heightened. We become more acutely aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying. We look at people differently. We look at circumstances differently. I'll tell you, uh, too many times I've gone through days where I've interacted with people 
And as I think back upon it, it, it was more transactional. I wasn't thinking, hmm, I haven't seen this person in about three weeks. I wonder what they're going through. But when I'm aware that I am filled by the Holy Spirit, one of the first things that comes to my mind is, the, is, is to see that person as someone I haven't seen for a while. And, and to hear from the Holy Spirit if there's something I need to say or a way I need to affirm them in Jesus. When we are filled by the Holy Spirit, there's a peace about us. We're peace. When we're filled by the Holy Spirit, we can relax. Honestly, as I look back over 40 years of ministry, I think the Lord has told me this more than anything else. Relax. I got this. Relax. And when we're filled by the Holy Spirit, we can do just that. We can relax. We have a sense of joy when we're filled by the Holy Spirit. Joy doesn't necessarily mean happiness. We can be joyous even while we're in mourning, but the joy is unmistakable. When we're filled by the Holy Spirit, we're ready to say something or do something as he would instruct, instructs. When we're filled by the Holy Spirit, we live in a higher calling. We, we, we live with, with an eternal framework. What would keep us? What, what would prohibit us from being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, in the fourth chapter of uh, Ephesians, the chapter before the one we're studying right now, Paul says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Now, the first thing I want to say even before that is you can't refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. I've heard people do this. Well, I was talking to the Holy Spirit and it said, no, (laughs) the Holy Spirit is God. He's one third of the Trinity. He is a person. And as a person, he can be grieved. And what grieves him? Well, it it, it tells us In, in Ephesians 4, 17, he says, I tell you this and insist on it. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened by their understanding. They're separated from a life of God because of their ignorance and the hardening of their hearts. They've lost all sensitivity and they've given themselves over to sensuality and indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we live like that. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we sin like that. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we're angry. Look what it says in verse 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin. We're in in Ephesians 4. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Don't sin while you're angry. Don't let the sun go down. I've had some friends that have said, you know what? I won't sleep if I'm still angry. They gave up after three days. You just got to have to sleep after a while. But when we're angry and we don't deal with it, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And he's not able to fill us as he would like. When we steal, 
<laughs> Let him who has been stealing must steal no longer, it says in 428. By cursing in 429, it says, uh, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, only what is helpful for building one another's up. By being bitter, 431, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Bitterness, malice, if it's present in our lives, does not allow the Holy Spirit to fill us as he would like. By being unforgiving, it says in, in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as in Christ God forgave you. Forgive as you have been forgiven. And when we harbor an unforgiving spirit, the Holy Spirit is not free to fill us as he would otherwise. And I'll give you one more, and that's by being sexually immoral. We talked about this last week, Ephesians 5, 3. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, we are living with some kind of sin in us. And when it's not dealt with, he can't fill us as he would like to because we have grieved him. You know, there's other things that sometimes we're filled with that uh, prohibit the Holy Spirit filling us. When we're filled with worry, and we just worry, and we worry, and we worry, and when we're filled with it, we're not able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When, when we are filled with fear, when we're filled with a preoccupation of little things, we keep thinking about these things and we can't let go of them. It is these things that, that must be dealt with so that we are free to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I've been praying all week, thinking about this passage, and thought we would close today by just a time of prayer. And allowing you just to, just to pray along these lines. And, uh, and, and, and allow you to put yourself in a position where the Holy Spirit can fill you. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And um, I, I wonder... I wonder if some of you might want to say, Lord, there is some sin in my life. There is. And I'm ready to be rid of it. And I wonder if right now you want to take a moment and come clean and just say, Lord, forgive me for that sin. I repent of it and I will turn away from it. I wonder if some of you might want to do that. I'll give you a moment. We talked about worry 
In reality, excessive worry is a sin. Jesus said, consider now the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin. Yet Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these. Why do you worry? I wonder if some of you might want to say, Lord, I'm sorry. When you've made all these promises to me and I persist in worrying, it must grieve your heart and I confess it is sin and I ask your forgiveness. I wonder if some of you might want to go there. I wonder if there's some thoughts that you can't shake. Just keep going back over a preoccupation with little things. I wonder if you want to take those to the Lord now and say, Lord, I can't live like this. I give this to you. I ask you to free me from it. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. you've done all those things I think it'd be appropriate now to humbly ask Holy Spirit of the living God would you fill me fresh would you fill me I'll give you a moment Father, we don't want to go through our days worried about things that won't matter a year from now. We certainly don't want to go through our days with sinful things that cause shame and guilt. We don't want to spend our lives thinking about this or that to the exclusion of being open to the filling of your Holy Spirit. So, in great humility, we ask that you would fill us fresh. Not because we think we're deserving or worthy, but because you are gracious and merciful and good. We pray that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit. That we would be able to hear your voice. We would have a power and a boldness that would not otherwise be ours. And we would represent you well. I pray in the name of Jesus these things. Amen. The book of Ephesians is primarily written to believers. If you find yourself in this room today and you're not, you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ and you'd like to change that. In a moment, we'll have our benediction and people will begin to go that way. I hope you'll come this way. Allow one of us to pray with you. Would you stand for our benediction, please? And as you do, I would remind you on the seat back in front of you are little cards. You can pick one out and it says, here's how to give by text. You can just text to give. Or if you've brought your donation, don't forget to give it on your way out in the little 
containers on the way out. We're not passing the plates because of the pandemic, but need to keep this in front of us. This is how we support the work of Christ here. My Father in heaven, I pray your richest blessing on these I love and you love so much more. Would they walk this week in the power of your Holy Spirit? Would they move as your Holy Spirit adds wind to their sails? Would they be used by you in new ways? Would they enjoy your presence, perhaps as never before? Would you bless them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.